0: Uh, grab your Bibles. We're going to do part two. I' kind of going to recap a little bit um, just brif- briefly. last week for those that weren't here. Um, oh, there's, yeah, does anyone need a booklet? I've got some booklets here. There you go. Grab one of those couple there. Do you want to hand them out, Matty? Thanks. They're yours to take home. <clears throat> uh, last week I spoke on, on our righteousness in God and our identity in God. And, um, you know, the Christian life isn't, the Christian life is no longer you and I trying to get more of Jesus in that sense. We've, We've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and now we're learning how to respond and outwork the Christian life. Uh, for a long time, I, I had, you know, the, the gospel had been presented to, to me in a way of you're black and white in the sense of you know, there's a black dog and a white dog inside you and whichever dog you feed is the one that will, will grow. That's not the Christian life. The Christian life is you were a sinner, you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour and you became what he got, he, he got what we deserved and we get what he deserves That's a great exchange. And then we now learn to respond out of the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, he says, be holy for I am holy. You can't be holy unless you've become holy. You, you can't uh, have a pure heart and out of the heart flows the river of living water unless you've been transformed. And it's, it's, it's nothing we did to deserve it. It's nothing we did. We just believed it. We received it. And then we now learn to outwork that. The analogy I often use is, I'm not becoming more married to my wife. I'm learning to have a good marriage. I can't become more married. Does that make sense? Yep. All right, so that's a little bit of a recap. And uh, am I on? Is this this on? Cool. Awesome. And so many people say, well, Liam, why do I still sin or why do I still behave a certain way uh, or why do I have a certain mindset uh, that that does these things. And, and I'd like to propose sometimes it's because we've been so focused on the very thing, you know, Adam and Eve. How many know Adam and Eve were perfect? They were created in the image of God and in his likeness, yet they chose to sin because they were presented a different narrative of what God is like. Did God really say there was a different narrative that was presented to them and so, but the reality was that sin was an external force that tried to rule and reign their life by suggestion of that God is different than they originally thought He was. Does that make sense? And so, <clears throat> they uh, were deceived. I obviously, ate of the fruit. We know the story. And then uh, they. So let me, let me. If you can think with me for a second. They did something to try and become like God, which they already were, and in doing that, it caused them to sin. It's the first time we have the first ever performance-based Christianity in the history of mankind, becoming like something that they already were. And so for me, this is my own personal story and so many others, Christianity was I came in because of a revelation of the Father and how good he is and then it kind of got portrayed in that, this way of like, you need to do something now to become more like God. And how many know we can't do that? We're already in the full likeness of Jesus. we just got to learn and discover who we are and outwork that. Amen? Yeah. All right. So Romans, Romans 6 is going to be one of our verses this morning. Hebrews 3 is going to be another one. And Galatians 5. But I'm going to read through a passage of Scripture's. And we'll see where we land a friend of mine said once when we were talking about this we were discussing sin and we were discussing the nature of sin and i think it's 46 time it's it's talked about as an entity as its own desires its own person its own personality and I said, well, we were just talking about it. I said, okay, why, you know, if sin is in an internal reality now, we have a new heart and a new nature as we read. The old is gone, the new has come. Why do we still behave or respond in a certain way? I'd like to propose because we've been so focused on not sinning, which we're still focused on sin. I don't walk out my front door and try not to have an affair with someone. Like, I just don't do that. I walk out my front door and I'm like, I'm just going to have an awesome marriage with my wife. Okay. Yeah, okay. And so, but he said, Liam, why do you wear armor? Why do we wear the armor of God if it's an internal reality, If it's an internal problem, maybe it's an external problem but we think it's an internal problem and we're shadow boxing and we're never actually fruitful and effective in the world out there because we're too busy trying to fix ourselves and we're tr- too busy trying to beautify the dead corpse that Jesus killed on the cross. And Christianity isn't a self-help program. It's a die to self and pick up your cross and follow him. Okay, that's good. <laughs> um So, there we go. You're awake. Good. Uh, So, we wear the armor of God. What's the armor of God? The helmet of salvation. The breastplate of the belt of the shoes. There we go. And the sword and the shield of shield of faith. What's the shield of faith? There. It's to extinguish the what? The flaming arrows. Where do the flaming arrows come from? Inside you? External. Romans 6, let's read it. It says this Verse 12. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Whose passions? Sins. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Oh, that's interesting. Do not let it reign in your mortal body so you obey its passions. There's two fathers in this world. There's the father of lies and the father of truth. What did the devil try and trick Jesus with? Scripture out of context. So, we're going to read through a couple of trick verses, or not trick verses, troubling verses. They trick you. <laughs> we're going to read through a couple of troubling verses that people have stumbled over, and let me. Hopefully, I can bring some context, and um, and then we're going to read. Hebrews 3, Galatians 5, and then hopefully I can give you some practical things in as quick a time as we can. So 1 Timothy 1.15, if you go there, it says this. 1 Timothy 1.15. Next week we have the privilege of having Kylie. English Kylie is here. Wave, Kylie. Kylie's going to be sharing about intimacy with God and Because the reality is that we're a new creation now in Christ and we're not trying to perform our, perform our way into acceptance from God. We're accepted in the beloved and now we get to have intimacy and approach the, the throne room of heaven. I mean, what even happened this morning, boys? And That was amazing. Worship was just incredible presence of God in the room and... I'm, we just want more of that. We just want more of like, oh, I can approach God confidently that I have a father who not only loves me, but he likes me and he sees me as, I, so as he is, so am I in this world. And I can come freely, not out of a performance thing, not out of a, I have to read my Bible more to be more loved or I have to come to church. No, I'm, I'm loved, full stop, no question marks, Period. And now I can enter the throne room freely. It's just a good deal. So 1 Timothy 1.15 says, The saying is a trustworthy and deserving of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost, but I received mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. So really quickly, people say, Liam, you see, Paul is saying here that he was, he's the foremost of sinners. He's the chief of sinners. So if Paul struggled with sin, then that gives us permission to struggle with sin as well. That's not what Paul's saying. Paul's saying that I, I if, if, if an analogy I can put it this way. If back who who won their track event or their their you know cross country event in high school? Is there anyone in here that won it? John, you won it. Lani, you won it. Come on, Graham, did you win it? Yeah, once he won it once. Oh. <laughs> Couldn't walk for a week after that. Good show. <laughs> oh, long distance is not my vibe. I'm short, short and sweet. Um, but. If you won it back in high school and that record has not been broken, you are the record holder. You might have changed and been transformed, but you're still the chief of the cross country. You're the record holder. You're the one who won it. And that's what Paul's saying here, saying, I, I, was, I was like the worst. I was in the gutter. I was the chief. I was the king of sinners. Right? He's saying, I've, I've got that record, but thank goodness that record has been wiped and debt's been cleared. Amen? So that's what that verse is, really simply. All right, another one, 1 John 1 8. We're going to come back to 1 Timothy 1, but 1 John 1 8. Jump with me to there. Usually we would, uh, in this time. We would take um, our time and go through Romans 7 quite systematically. We're not going to do it because we just don't have time today, but we might do it another time uh, because Romans 7 is a bit of a stumbling block for people as well. But I will say this, Paul mentions 48 times that he's dead to sin and alive to God. In Romans 7, we think, you know, I do what I want to do and I don't, do, you know, all that, ver- that chapter. What, somewhere between Romans 6 and Romans 8, Paul had like a, some kind of meltdown? No, 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 he, he's writing to context of the Jews. He's writing, I speak to those that know the law. And then in Romans 8, we know the verse, he says, I am more than a conqueror in Christ. It's like we've got to read it in context and, and understand that. So I'm going to just leave, I'm going to leave you hanging with that one. But <clears throat> okay, Romans, uh, sorry, 1 John 1, 1.8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay. see people use this. they say Liam, see, it says, if we say we don't have sin in us, we're lying and that's not okay. Well yeah, all of us were sinners and if, in Paul uh, sorry Tim, uh, John is addressing, um, he's addressing a few things. He's addressing Gnosticism, he's addressing uh, Gnosticism being that people believe that Jesus couldn't have come in the flesh because the flesh that you can see, this flesh, is evil. And he's saying, no, what we've seen with our eyes, what we've heard with, you know, we heard this, we encountered Jesus, he was real. And if you're saying you don't have sin at all, period, you're a liar. Like if you say you've never sinned and you're perfect, You're a liar. That's what he's addressing. Does that make sense? He's not talking. And then he says, if we read on, he says, But if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Now, read on. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Chapter uh, chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Did you catch it? Not when you sin, but if you sin. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I did a study on that a few uh, about six months ago. That word uh, propitiation for our sins is the same word, or the, sorry, the word advocate with the Father is the same word, Parakletos. Do you, anyone know where we get that word from? Our Helper the Holy Spirit we have a paracletos with Jesus and the Father and he's convicting us of our righteousness righteousness. he's up there with the Father saying hey listen they just don't know who they are You don't have Jesus up there saying, oh God, don't smite them. He's saying, no, 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 let's convict them as the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came to convict the world of sin because they do not believe, but of righteousness because I go to be with the Father. Jesus is saying, we have the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit convicting us of our identity in God and and you should be convicted when you sin. Like, you shouldn't be like, well, I sinned and I'm just going to get away with it. You know, it's like, there should be something from, how many know when I was a sinner and I did sin, I was like, well, this is just the normal way I should live. (laughs) But when I became born again as a Christian and I did that sin, I'm like, oh, that doesn't feel right anymore. Because I've got the Holy One living inside me now. Does that make sense? All right. Can I get, can I get some? So I'm going to fill up that water, thanks. <clears throat> All right. Let's go back to James 1. Cuz he, he let's get down to the nitty-gritties for a second. It's submit to God, resist the devil, and he does flee. I think for a long time in Christianity, if I can just be really honest, there's a phrase that just irks me so much, which is higher levels, higher devils. I just hate that phrase. Why not higher levels, higher angels? Because there's more angels than demons. I have the Holy Ghost dwelling in my mortal body. He's for me. I don't care who's against me. The devil is not the opposite of God, he's the opposite of Michael or Gabriel. It's not a fair fist fight. So with that in mind, if I'm in Queensland, actually let's use New South Wales as the state for for this analogy right now, just because it just feels right. (laughs) And they're the bad state and we're the good state, right? And I get a phone call from someone in New South Wales Let's call this person, thanks Bronwyn. Let's put, call this person the person that we used to listen to called the father of lies. And they ring me and they say, hey Liam, you know, you know the, these verses that you, know, you read in your Bible, you know, God's not really that good. Did God really say that you will have these promises in your life? That he'll, he's your provider, that he's your healer, that he's all of these things. He's not really that good. You know what? You should strive a little bit harder. You should you should just work at it a little bit more. You should do you should perform because you know what? If you speak the truth in love, you know what? People are not ro- really going to get set free, and you know these things. Or you know that thing you did last week when you sinned and you slipped up. That's that's who you are. that's your identity. you're now going to reap the benefit of that for years to come because you are just a rotten evil blur. Or you know what you don't you don't live up to your expectations of being a husband or a dad or a wife or a spouse or you know you're not you know people don't really like you that much or whatever. Anyone else had those thoughts before? No, no one else, just me. Uh, yeah. Would you take that call again? No. no. Submit to God, resist the devil, and He does flee. Don't It says, "My sheep will know my voice. I'm I'm just gutted, you're leaving too, Ben. That's crazy. <laughs> My sheep will know my voice, and as strangers they will not follow. It doesn't say as strangers they won't hear, it says as strangers they won't follow. All right, just don't answer the call from New South Wales. That's my point. All right, verse. James one. We're going to go back to James one, really quickly. Knowing this, verse nineteen. Knowing this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of a man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away. Mind the right place. Yeah, James put away filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive the meekness. With implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Did I say James 1? Yeah, cool. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. All right, just pause right there. Be doers of the what? What are we being doers of? The word. All right, so. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For anyone is a hearer of the what? The word and not a doer. He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. What's the mirror? The word. Jesus. Jesus. Listen to this. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perce- and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. What's the mirror? So does this convict you of who you are or does this convict you of, uh, convict you of who you're not or convict you of who you are? Oh, so I look at the mirror and it tells me who I've become. And then I can do the word of God out of that place. I'm not doing the word of God to try and become something. I've already become it. Does that make sense? All right. That's a good word. All right. Galatians 5. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body. This This will be our last verse. Hebrews 3.13. I'm just going to quote it. It says that we would encourage each other daily, so you would not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is deceitful, it's not defining. That's a Mark Greenwood quote. Sin is deceitful, it's not defining. It's his, it's its passions, its desires. Do not let them reign in your mortal body. All right, Galatians 5. Verse 21, Uh, actually, that's sort of halfway through. Let's go verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, what does yours say? Have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Sorry, men in here, but circumcision of the heart is not a long time process. Thank goodness. Circumcision being a long time process would be painful. That's called torture. (laughs) Here it says that it was crucified. Doesn't say being crucified. Doesn't say slowly over over a period of time. Cru- like you're being like it's getting circumcised or crucified. It says, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become concited, provoking one another and envying one another. Wow, isn't that a good deal? So Graham Cook puts it this way, he says, as a Christian now, as a believer in Christ, I'm not trying to not I'm not I'm not trying to put a covering on like let's just use lust as an example, right? I'm not trying to not lust. I'm trying to realise who I've become in the purity of God and live that out. Because then you're focusing on the fruit of the spirit and the one who gives the fruit of the spirit, you're not focusing on the root problem, on the problem, on the fruit of the problem. Does that make sense? So as a Christian, so I'm not trying to not have anger. I'm trying to realize, hang on, I've become self-control. I have the spirit of self-control in me. So I don't need to live that out. I need to, I need to abide in the 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 one who gives self-control. And as I abide in that, as I dwell on this, as I realize who I've become, I start to live out of self-control. And anger just vanishes. Because what am I doing? I'm not letting sin dictate and rule my life. I'm letting the spirit of freedom dictate and rule my life. Does that make sense? All right. What are we supposed to do as Christians? We're supposed to take every thought captive to the obedience of Liam? Jesus. Thank goodness. Take every thought captive. Renew the mind so you can prove the will of God. When we realise, oh, hang on, maybe not every thought I have is my own. Maybe not every temptation or feeling that I have Is mine. Who's ever walked into a room and you're like, I can feel depression in the room? That's not yours. We're spiritual beings having an earthly experience. We're not earthly beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings and there is a spiritual realm. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's against the principalities and powers. And when we're aware, hang on, I carry the Holy One and not every thought that I have is my own thought. Not every feeling I have, I don't live by feelings. I live We live by faith. I, feelings are important. We're emotional beings. God's the most, He's emotional, right? He created us. Emotions are good. But they shouldn't just, they shouldn't, I can't remember who said it, but they're, they're terrible masters that, you know, they should be servants. <laughs> he makes the path straight. We've, for too long, I'll I, I just be honest, for too long... I wonder if the world is looking at the church and going, oh, I want, I want what they've got. And I, I don't mean this as a, I mean this as a stir up for us. To He provided, it's for freedom's sake that he came. And I'd like to propose that for a long time, we have lived with a church mindset of, well, I've just got to try and not sin. And that's the high point of Christianity well, I didn't sin today, brother. It's like, no, we're supposed to live in the freedom of the fruits of the spirit of self-control, righteousness, freely come into the throne room of God that I can, actually, I can actually come into a father of truth who loves me, who likes me. And, and yeah, if, if there's sin in your life and there's things you've let sin reign in your mortal body, or you've been affected by the person in New South Wales, who and you're letting them rule and reign in your life, and you're li- like, New South Wales could ring me up, and I could get off the phone and go, ah, oh, I'm so bummed, I'm so affected by that, and, and it triggers me, and oh, I've got this emotion from my past, and I've got this feeling, and this thing, and I'm going to let that rule and dictate my life rather than what Jesus says about me. He says I'm righteous, I'm holy, I'm redeemed, I'm set free, I'm a conqueror, I'm more than these things in christ and how will he freely not give me all things man there's some good verses in there you know as he is so am i in this world and now now we get to live that out amen and we get to we get to not be deceived by the father of lies but we get to live in the reality of of who we've been made in christ Every father wants their kids to look like them. So does, so does Daddy God. He wants his kids to look like him. And guess what? You do. But beholding us in a mirror, we see the truth and then we get to live it out. We don't walk away and forget who we've become when we walk out of these doors we we get to live in the freedom and the reality and i want to just encourage us as a church people say liam can you i want you to be can you can you be practical this has been very practical but let me tell you this there isn't a shortcut to this there isn't a quick fix tablet that we take to cultivate intimacy with god It's change our mind, it's repent, believe the truth and then we get to have intimacy with God and not, you know, there's things in our life that they're not evil, they're not sin but they might be distractions and I think sometimes we're doing all this stuff and I love podcasts, don't get me wrong who likes a good podcast, right? I love podcasts, I love a good book I love all those things. Our audible Bible, they're my best friends, right? But sometimes, I don't know if you're like this, with, like me, but there are times when I'm, I'm listening to a podcast and I'm listening to an Audible book because I'm like, oh, I want to I get a new revelation. And I feel that like, of like, oh, this is like regurgitated food. And I need to go directly to the source so that I can have a revelation for myself. So that I can actually hear direct because I actually have direct access to the Father. I don't have to go through a priest. I can come through for for me. Because guess what? We're the priesthood of all believers. So, yes. Alright, why don't you stand? May we be a people who are God conscious, Holy Spirit conscious, Jesus conscious. Sin, sin uh, I don't shy away from sin. I, things need to be addressed. You know, when people, I've preached this and people say, oh Liam, is this this could, you know, be careful because this could be giving people just a license to sin and get away with it. It's like, no, I'm giving you the answer to live free from it because it's in your Bible. But, yeah, we need, there's things. If I, if I do something wrong against my wife, I don't try and cover it up. I come and we address it. There is that place for that as well. And there is that place that's called repentance, that's called relationship with God. But I've seen for a long time people be so sin conscious that it doesn't birth much freedom. And, uh, and, and I, I just believe that we need to learn who we've become. And live out of that place and become so aware of the presence of God and those things will just fall away. I'll finish with this analogy. But there was snakes on a plane. I usually use rats, but I'm just going to use snakes. (laughs) And the pilot said, there's too many snakes. We can't kill them all. What do we do? The pilot said, fly to a higher altitude and the snakes on the plane will just die off. And so they did. They flew to a higher altitude and all the snakes just got destroyed. And I'd like to propose that sometimes that's what we need to do with the Lord. In his presence, there is the fullness of joy. In his presence, there is freedom. Sometimes we need to go to a higher altitude of intimacy with God. Wipe out all the the distractions of this world and just sit at the feet of the Father and let him speak to you. If there was a genius, an absolute genius in this room, like knew everything about everyone and every single um, problem and every single thing in the world, I would put the mic down and let him do the talking and I would shut up and ask him a lot of questions. And sometimes our prayer life, we need to be quiet for a little bit, ask good questions and let him communicate to us rather than us just verbal diarrhearing at Jesus just sometimes we needed to learn to do that. And so I think we, 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 we get this opportunity just to sit at the feet of Jesus. So I want to just take two minutes. So Holy, and let's just do that. Let's just sit at the feet of Jesus right now. Just let him speak to you directly. Lord, I just thank you right now that we would be so attuned to your voice that as strangers we would not follow, that we would submit to you, God. We would submit to your ways. We would be followers of Jesus. We would resist the schemes of the enemy, the fiery darts with the shield of faith the sword of your spirit, the truth of God, would rule and reign in our life, that the truth of God would abound in our life, that you have crucified us with the desire and the passion, its passions and its desires, that the world would see a family of beloved sons and daughters of God, radiant, shining bright, letting their light shine before all men, that we would be ready in the day to give an account of the hope that we have. That there'd be an awakening in the bride, that there'd be a a revelation of sons and daughters, that the earth isn't groaning for businessmen, for a business, it's groaning for sons and daughters to wake up. And I just pray there'd be an awakening of the righteousness of God, that as Proverbs 17 says, that righteousness exalts a nation. God, that there'd be the, a, a radical, laid down lovers of people here in this room, that, that in this community, in this area, God, that your light would shine in the midst of darkness. Yeah, That's good. That we would give an account of the freedom, that we would be able to say confidently and boldly, hey, I know someone who can set captives free. I know someone who can heal the sick. I know someone who can raise the dead. I know someone who can uh, heal the blind and open up the deaf ears. I know someone who brings life and life abundantly. I know that man. I know him. And like Acts 4, they would say, hey, I perceive that these men are not learned people as you suppose, but they've been with Jesus. That when we drink of Jesus, we leak Jesus. The more we drink, the more we leak and I just pray there'd be a great, great outpouring of Your Spirit that would flow from our innermost being, uh, like rivers of living water. Yeah. Yeah. That the waters would be clean; they wouldn't be tainted by sin or lies of the devil, but it'd be clean water. And anything that we've uh, that we've added to this to try and make it like slick or or like you know. Uh, just, I don't know, whatever that Christian thing is. I just, I just repent of that right now. And I just say we want the unadulterated Holy Spirit to come in its purest form without just, just human reasoning and ways that seem right to a man. We want you in your fullest form, Jesus, to come and have your way in Jesus' name. That'll do. Amen. All right. Amen.